0: Hola, I'm Elias Torres, co-founder and CTO of Drift. You're listening to a special episode of the American Dream Podcast. I'm able to host this podcast because of the people who took a chance on me and listened to what I had to say. Now, it's my turn to return the favor. In this episode, we highlight a small business in the BIPOC community. Make sure to support the underrepresented voices in your own community and explore the list of BIPOC-led businesses I have included in the show notes. Bienvenidos a todos. It's February, which means it's Black History Month. I'm highlighting the Black Economic Council of Massachusetts, BECMA, today. But I want to remind you that just like Hispanic Heritage Month, celebrating diversity shouldn't be limited to one month. I encourage all of you to take a look at the blog. Uh, linked in the show notes to learn how you can celebrate Black History Month all year long. Uh, BECMA's mission is to advance the economic well-being of Black businesses, organizations, and residents in Massachusetts through advocacy, business, and leadership development, as well as strategic partnerships. I'm talking to BECMA's president and CEO, Nicole Obi about how she came into the role and what what BECMA is focused on for 2022. Thank you so much, Nicole, for being on the show.
1: Right. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here.
0: It is my pleasure. You're connected with one of our directors of engineering, uh, Bernard, and um, you know, you've been working together with Drift. So it's, it's really a pleasure to work with you, um, with, you know, with the work that we're doing with Drift, but as well as to get to know you. And to really share who you are with, with our community, with our audience, and tell the story of amazing individuals, right, that are are thriving uh, despite inequities, right, and, and injustices in, in our society, but a society and a culture and a country that we all love. So thank you for being here. Tell us a little bit about your journey, your your career, where you're from, how you um, uh, end, ended up here, and, and what's your mission, right, personal mission?
1: Yeah, thank you for that. I am actually from Massachusetts. So um uh, my family's from Jamaica on my mom's side and uh they came to America in the sixties um en masse. So my mom, her sister, a best friend, and they sort of moved uh across the nation and settled here in Massachusetts. And I'm the firstborn American in in, in my on my mom's side of the family. Um Started off in Boston, ended up going up to the suburbs and growing up in Framingham and uh, went there, uh, stayed there until I finished high school. Went off to a historically black college called Hampton University in Hampton, Virginia, and came right back and went to MIT uh, for grad school, uh, where I studied urban planning and design, but also business. And while I was at business school, I met some some classmates, we started working together and I followed that path of business and started my first venture back startup and went from there. So the rest is the rest is sort of history. I I spent most of um my career either starting up a company uh with others or running my own company and after many years of doing that, decided to joined Fidelity Investments, and ended up doing a project for Abby Johnson, whose family owns Fidelity, and was asked to start up a new function within Fidelity. And, and that's what I did. And I left Fidelity after 12 years. So my my work experience is pretty evenly split between being senior management in a corporation to uh, also uh, being part of multiple startups, uh, venture-backed and otherwise.
0: Wow, that's unbelievable. There's so much to unpack there. Um, the, the the experience that I can relate the most to is uh, founder of a VC-backed startup, and like my shoulders just like started feeling pain, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I definitely uh, uh, respect a lot what you've done. Tell me a little bit about Hampton and, and MIT. I mean, it, those are. Two amazing accomplishments, right? Uh, it, it's something that we struggle in getting Latinos and Black to Blacks to to finish school, to get accepted, to get the funds to be able to go to colleges, finish them, and then MIT. Uh, it, it, extremely impressive, you know. I'm sure it wasn't easy.
1: No, it wasn't easy. It's uh, it's actually a, a great story, you know. Um, had several choices coming out of high school about where I wanted to go to college, um, but having been one of the few Black people, not only in my school, but in my town, I really had a yearning to go to a historically Black college and ended up um, choosing uh, Hampton and really happy that I did, um, just had never been in that environment before. Um, and I really Took off there, and and it really felt like home, and that I was supported. Um, by the time I finished at Hampton, I had confidence and the perspective on what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to business school. I wanted to uh, continue uh, thinking about and working towards improving. Um, at the time, we we, we didn't call it. Um, inclusion and diversity, but making progress so that kids like me could have the opportunities that I had and so MIT was a really good choice um, for that because they had both urban planning as well as business schools and um you know i i I again was fortunate that I landed in a place at a time where I was given the opportunity to uh walk into the dean of the uh, urban planning program at MIT, and say I'd really also like to go to business school, and and have him uh, shepherd me through that process and help me to make that happen. So it was a fantastic experience, sort of going from historically black school and all that that brought um, to me to round out my myself as a young person, to then uh, finishing it off with some what I think are really Good solid um, business school, uh, business skills, uh, and and a lot of the the work that I do today. Um, while I've never before Beckma worked in the nonprofit profit space, a lot of how I work, especially with startups, came from my work in urban planning. A lot mm-hmm. of that community development engagement uh, negotiation and dispute resolution what a lot of people would call soft skills um, of how to make progress in economic development i have found really helpful throughout my career as an entrepreneur and in business um, to really uh, get buy-in and engagement from our teams from our partners and it's been really really helpful to me throughout my career what i learned in urban planning and design,
0: you you must be a great leader. Um, I tend to be impatient. I just want people <laughs> to be like, let's go, let's agree and disagree and move on.
1: Well, that's decisive. That's fine. That's good.
0: <laughs> okay, good, good. Uh, <laughs> and and um and what was what was Framingham like? Was it um what was the 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 demographics there when you were growing up? Because it's, it's a lot of Brazilian now, right?
1: That, that was now. So, um, yeah. when I was there, there were three black kids in my grade. Wow. Um, there were just a handful in the school in total. Um, we did, our school did participate in the Metco program as well. Um, but it, it really was not a very diverse community at that time. Um, okay. so, and like I said, that, created a yearning in me to be around more black people and just 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 now grow in a different direction in a different way
0: yeah no that's 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 wonderful right that you that you have the opportunity to do that and and grow yourself and your identity and and um jamaica right is a very diverse place right people some I've I've never been, but I've heard I have a lot of Jamaican friends, and they say it's a very wonderful place because such a blend of so many cultures there.
1: Yes, yeah. I mean, don't tell my mom because I'm probably going to botch this, but believe the country's motto is "One Land, Many People." So, just to your point, yeah. there there really are uh, quite a a a blend and diversity of people from Jamaica.
0: And so, so then you you do MIT. You do business, you do urban planning. Did you go into urban planning, your startups, or or they were?
1: No, my startups, my first startup that I co-founded with an MIT classmate and others was a software company. Um, Don't know anything about software. My role in these ventures is as the strategist, right? Right. you know, I, I was also pretty good at breaking ties, again, going back to some of those soft skills from um, urban planning uh, between our chief technology officer and our other development tech development officer. So we had two chiefs that were in charge of technology and, you know, who's really doing what. Um, I would help with things like at the time we used to do the work that we could sell. And that was inefficient for us to do that, and I helped the organization to make the decision that we're going to have to fire some of our clients so that we can focus on doing the things that we are good at doing so things things like that are the type of um the type of work that i I help the team with uh, We were able to sell that first company, which was a knowledge management um firm, to the new york times uh, uh for the New York Times digital as they were about to bring uh, all of the great New York Times, uh, all elements of the New York Times online, right? Um, And the next startup was a subsection of the the first team. And we had an opportunity to do a joint venture with the international retailer, The Body Shop. Um, So the VC that backed us for the first deal uh, back to for the second deal, which was uh, that firm was called SoftBank. They're still around today. They're a Japanese VC.
0: I've I've, and, I've heard I've heard of those.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah they, they yeah. usually just write like billion dollar checks.
1: Yes, yes. Well, I, hopefully I'm, I I don't look as old as I am. But back in those days, that they weren't writing checks like that, but they still were the ones that 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 funded our deals and so we did a joint venture with the body shop and we created a new entity called the body shop digital which had the e-commerce rights to the body shop brand and products internationally and so my role there was head of strategy again uh really working on what uh, which country uh were we going to roll out uh to after the us um what's the approach when digital was was really second, third or sometimes fourth channel in a market, so i I oversaw those types of efforts as well as our business development
0: that's um that's incredible did you ever do anything in urban planning never never did you did never. you regret- do you any regrets
1: no, but I'm doing it now, sort of. In oh, in the work and with Beckma, right? So let's talk know, about Beckma. Yeah, we'll fast forward to Beckma. So Beckma uh, again stands for the Black Economic Council of Massachusetts, and um, as you said, our mission is to advance the economic well-being of blacks across the the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And the organization was born out of the 2015 Federal Reserve Bank of Boston study, the Color of Wealth study in Boston. That found that the average net worth of Black households uh, in Boston was eight dollars, compared to what? What year was that? Two thousand fifteen.
0: Eight dollars.
1: Eight dollars compared to two hundred and forty-seven thousand five hundred dollars for white Bostonian households. So. Oh
0: my God! A stat that I have is like the average small business revenue it's like a million, close to a million for white small business for Latino business is less than a hundred thousand. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And
0: so like, it, it you know, a hundred thousand dollars doesn't even pay one salary.
2: right?
0: Yes. Yeah. And so like a single, single owner, single employee, one employee business is so tough. So you're talking about that reason, the net worth of,
1: Household, Ooh, Black, oh, Bostonian Household. households.
0: And, and what does that measure? Like the value in equity in the home or the savings or the salary?
1: Yes, all of it's, the above. So all of those. To offset by your debt. So how much do you owe versus how much do you have in assets?
0: Oh, the debt, right. Oh, my God, $8. What $8. are we doing?
1: And so that reaction that you're having uh, led to... Uh, hundreds of black people uh coming together, and an outcome of that convening was several black business leaders decided to form this Black Economic Council of Massachusetts, really. And so and since its inception, Becma's been very much focused on policy and advocacy around uh uh elements and efforts that need to be made to Help to advance um, uh, the well-being of Blacks here in Massachusetts. Those issues, though, have been very macro and important. Housing, policing, transportation, health. Um, in 2018, the organization got uh, Shogun Udowu as, uh, uh, as, as our executive director. And he did so much to continue to advance the organization on policy and advocacy um, really put the organization on the map uh, for such a young organization. I joined BECMA in May of twenty. So after twelve years uh, at Fidelity, uh, I left in eighteen. I, uh, I heard you have a puppy. We got a puppy, and in walking uh, our our puppy in the neighborhood, of uh, um, someone pulled up next to me, a black woman, and said, "Do you live Do you live around here?" I said, "I do." And we found out that we'd been neighbors for years, um, at the time, for six years, and we never met each other. And as we got to know each other, she she was one of the original co-founders of BECMA. She's the current chair of the board. She is the chief operating officer of One United, which is the nation's largest Black-owned bank, and my neighbor. And as she told me about BECMA and its mission, it really resonated with me because In my seven years of running my own company, I only had one Boston-based client, and that was a Black woman who hired me. Otherwise, when I went to work uh, uh, running my business, whether it was at Johnson & Johnson or Visa or Commerce Bank, I had to get on a plane and get out of town to do my work. So when she told me about Beck Mom, it, it, it just... It just made all the sense in the world to me that this is an organization that I wanna be involved in. It was also a a time where COVID had begun. And I knew, we all knew that the whole nation was being devastated by the pandemic and being locked down, but black black and brown businesses in particular uh, were really struggling. And so upon Learning about Beckma, meeting Shigun Adou as the executive director, uh, I decided to join the organization and help on the member front to complement the policy and advocacy work that Shigun was spearheading for the organization. I got to work in understanding who our members were, whether they are individual non-business owners, uh, whether they are business owners across a broad spectrum going from micro-businesses who earn less than $100,000 a year to larger Black-owned businesses. A few months later, George Floyd was murdered and the the awakening, the, 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 the national awakening occurred. And now we have ally organizations coming to BECMA wanting to know what can they do, how can they get involved? And there I defined what does allyship mean for us? It's more than a statement, have to be willing to take action, certain action, whether it's hiring black people into your management, onto your boards, buying from black businesses, um, discounting, and donating your goods and services like Drift has done um, with your your bot and other services, Um, uh, joining us in the advocacy work that's aligned to your organization's mission um, underwriting some of our programming. So there's no one silver bullet, one single way to be an ally, but we wanted to make sure that, that someone who wanted to say they were an ally was, was, was actually also taking the actions, uh, and engaging as an ally.
0: Yeah. and That's, that's wonderful. So many questions in my mind, First of all it's um it, it, you, you're you're a person to to commend for for that decision. I, I feel like um a lot of people are just focused in um just going up in the in the professional ladder and the career ladder and the entrepreneurial ladder and you've been extremely successful by making a decision you're full time right on Beckman right you 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 stepped away Step down from the corporate world and says, I'm gonna go run this. Uh, full time, I I
1: love this story. I didn't, I had already stepped down. I Uh was on a, yeah, so I had left Fidelity, uh, when I met okay, when I met the chair of the board.
0: But I mean, but you could go, you could, you could have gone back into that world, right? Yes, 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 no, absolutely. I mean, it's it's still like, I, I, I think, um. That's something that I'm in my own journey, right I think i um I've been working i don't want to tell you my age I'm really really old that I don't want to date myself <laughs> but it's time for uh, at some point right it's like do do we continue this or like my my heart what it's telling me right is like how can I help right? How can I make an impact to individuals right
2: Yes, how
0: can we solve these problems and and so part of this is a selfish reason to interview you to to hear about those two things right you you have the member side, and then you have the macro, the police, the policy, the government, right, the housing, which one is makes a bigger impact?
1: It's not an either or, it's an and.
0: I know, I know. And, you,
1: know you know, I believe that the secret sauce of Beckma is that we have this policy front end where we... T- have stated positions. We, we work to support the things that we believe in through policy, through legislation, through advocacy. Um, but we also get to work and do the work that we can do directly in supporting our community. So whether it's during the, the, the lockdown period, making sure that we were able to get, uh, PPE, Mass and other equipment to families. People were hungry, so working to hire Black-owned restaurants to do catering to feed people during that time. Um, business owners needed help, especially a lot of our micro-businesses that don't have a lot of back-office capabilities, getting them set up because They were missing out on opportunities to get COVID relief funding, right? That a lot of that funding, a lot of those dollars, PPP and other things went out the door on a first come first served basis. That entrepreneur that's still working out of a shoebox for their accounting doesn't, you know, haven't really done their taxes or they haven't separated their personal from their business yet because it's a side hustle. That entrepreneur missed out on. A lot of that funding, and what that did at a at a critical time, it set them off on a dire path, right Those people that were able to quickly get that funding, it set them off where they could keep their employees, pay their bills, keep things going, maybe they weren't making as much, but that's very different than those that got nothing and had right. to close their doors and had to still pay bills, and so just just back office capabilities um and it, it, were were lacking we're we're already not in place and and so that was a problem, so saving businesses that were already behind the eight ball was very challenging, and unfortunately a a recent statistic is that I've heard is that forty percent of black owned restaurants are closed, many of them are not going to reopen. I hope that's not accurate, but it's anecdotally I've seen that that those that weren't in a position to pivot they really suffered Wow I would like to share with you something that we're doing with drift, which I find. So incredibly generous and helpful. A lot of our smaller businesses, in particular, um, they don't have that back office capability, as I said, right? They are, some of them have a day job and they have uh, this job that they're trying to get off the ground. And uh, Drift approached us in 2022 and said, We'd love to help. Um, There was a little bit of a learning curve there because most of Drift's customers are multinational firms, are huge firms. And we're talking about, uh, in many cases, Black-owned businesses where it's one or two people, maybe 10 right. people. But what I have enjoyed about working with Drift and around sort of like product development's gone on, where the 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 bot service has actually... Really helped our entrepreneurs in many cases because they are too busy to read their contact us page inbound inquiries and all those opportunities just get wasted.
0: Go out the. Too
1: busy. They they don't realize that somebody's on the website ready to buy something and just has a question. So these are things that fine that I don't think your product was made to do that in particular for such tiny businesses, but it is something that we know is really helpful uh, to small businesses who are short staffed, And so it's been, it's been really um, a, a good journey. You know, a lot of businesses are not tech savvy and they're not completely comfortable and there's more handholding and there's not a, a technology group or department to help them with this, and so those are some of the challenges. but at the end of the day, for those organizations that are able to adopt technology like like this, it's helpful it, and it yeah. does it does answer a part of the 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 challenge that they have around being small.
0: Yeah, it's no, it's yeah. it, it, um I, I think that um you'd be surprised uh, we could use you literally for uh, product marketing you know material for because you you absolutely nail the essence of Drift right it, it, and and how he helps them connect to every visitor on the website when you especially when you don't have the time or the ability right? the the customer is on the site the buyer is there and and we do not know that right so we bring this awareness on the site to to the company to the owner, and I'm really glad, I'm really proud of the team, you know, coming that initi- initiative from the team itself, right? Not not something that that um, I had to do. I cannot take any credit for it, and so it's, it it makes me even prouder, right? That that um, we can use our company, our uh, IP, our software, right, to help these businesses progress to 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 help them. We we interview uh, one of your businesses. How many businesses do you you have, are you impacting, are you connected to?
1: Well, we have members. So we are a member-based organization. But for BECMA, we are agnostic as to whether someone has paid a membership fee, um, whether we give them our support. So there are 2,000 uh black owned employer based firms, over ten thousand sole proprietorships. There are, you know, hundreds of thousands of residents. And we we represent we don't always agree on everything because we're not a monolith, but we give support um yeah. to to them all regardless of whether they've
2: paid a membership fee.
0: What 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 are what is like I know you're working with the members, you're working with policy. What do you think is like one of the such a complex question, but it's like what's causing the most disparity you know, in know, in in this in these businesses uh compared to 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 white owned business? The
1: the most simple answer, because it is like you said, it's it's comp it's complicated. Yeah. The most simple answer is Systematic racism. And what that means is the the system itself is just set up against making progress. Yeah. So whether it's housing, policing, even something as simple as right now, the Beckmont and uh, a, a few other organizations are party to a lawsuit against the city of Boston. A disparity study was done in 2020 and found that the city of Boston spent over $2 billion and only 1.2% of it went to Black and Latino-owned businesses, right? Um, That's systematic, right? So an example within that situation is
2: white men
1: can apply for a bid and go straight through a process, women and black and other non-white people have to get certified. And not not only do they have to get certified to win a bid, they have, it's, it's not simply saying, yes, I'm a black person and I'm a woman, Thank you. And this is what I do. Certification, you have to bring your taxes. You have to talk about your business in great detail, which shouldn't be necessary. White right. men don't right. don't have to do that. It's White not, men don't uh, have to do any of that. And even even if what you wanted to do is to be sure that you can certify who I am, why do you need my taxes? Why do I have to give... Uh, all these details about my businesses the buyer should be doing their due diligence on everything that they buy but why do I have to do that up front? So what happens is that women and it's called minority businesses but essentially not white people have to go through this very onerous process it's a tax of its own six weeks Six weeks of effort, if you want to do it for free, who knows how much it would cost you if you wanted to pay for it. But that's just one example of how things are not fair. If you take an entrepreneur's time, a white man doesn't have to spend his time doing any of these things, and everybody else does. That's just, I, I hope that's a clear example of what I mean by systematic. It's not about, it's not even necessarily about the people and people are racist, but just the system itself. There's a huge problem just baked into the system
0: as uh, an example. Uh, the sun came up, but now you just, I'm ready to cry. You know what I mean? It's, it's, wow. So hold on. Just let me see if I can connect the dots. Um, I've been, I've been joining more events and participating with the Latino community and the business community, similar to yours. And I always hear this thing from the community leaders to the Latino business owners. Please register your, your business as a minority. Did you do it? Did you do it? They're like always trying to help, right? Like the, the, And so I'm like, I didn't register for that and I don't know. I just we just launched and we're you know, we're 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 national, like I I and they're like I'm like, why do I need to do that? Everybody's always asked me, Did you do it? Did you do it? And I'm like, I don't know what that's for. So help help me educate, right? Why do you have to register your business in Massachusetts? To get what? To get the
1: right to bid.
0: To bid because- what? for, for what? government
1: for government contracts. So for
0: government contracts, examples of government contracts.
1: Contract. What's that?
0: Examples of government contracts for a small business?
1: Yeah, the municipalities, so Brookline, uh they, you want to sell office supplies to Brookline. Okay. Yeah, you so, to, so so
0: so and and so then if I and so if you're telling me that if I'm black, I walk into there and I say, I wanna sell this to you and they're gonna ask me, Where's your certification?
1: They want you to be certified because they want to get credit for the 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 work that you're gonna do. So yes, I mean you were asking the wrong person and I'm probably gonna get in trouble, but my approach has not is is to not start with certification first. I right. start with The demand side, the buyers, right? It's easy to pick on the municipalities because we're all taxpayers and, you know, they should be uh, fair um, Mm -hmm. in their practices. And so that's easy. But I'll tell you, private companies, uh, anchor institutions like universities and hospitals, they spend a lot more than Than any municipalities,
0: right? So and they also do the same. Many of
1: them do the same, but they are not. They're not in many cases required to do so. So what I'm saying is that the problem, yes, the 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 practice is: hey, you have to get certified to get an opportunity. That's not fair, but that's the way it is, uh, especially for municipal or state or government contracts. Private companies often have their own criteria around it as well. I think at the end of the day, some folks are trying to do a good thing. I don't necessarily think that certification is the best uh, approach for accomplishing the goal. And if you're going to do it, there are more efficient ways of saying, Nicole is a Black woman entrepreneur. Why don't we just do that and keep it? simple and clean. Um, right.
0: I, no, I agree. I agree. I think this, this is something that I've been, you know, educating myself, right? That it's, it's like my experience as a Latino is not the same as a, an experience of a Black person in the United States. So I, I, there was a lot of commonalities that I think we, 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 we intersect really quickly and, we, and we, we feel some similar pains, but I've been educating myself, right? I, I watched this movie um, 13th, Right, I don't know if you if you watch that, but it, it was it was teaching me about the systemic racism, right, and and the systematic systemic, and it's like how it's so dark, right, because it it, it just keeps evolving and it keeps changing, and there's nowhere to point the finger at, and then things are masqueraded as good right like certification right where it's like well you know we want to track it we want to help it we want to promote it we want to give maybe a priority but then that results in friction that it's just when you look at it, it just makes no sense like we should you know the other day I was, somebody was asking me what's your framework for diversity like elias and i'm like what framework i, I it's like, like whites are looking from frameworks for diversity but I I said to them, it's just simple. Like, you know, if if a woman comes to Drift and applies for this job that says director of sales, right, and I have a man working in that position with similar experience as that person, then the framework is that they should get paid the same, right? It's, a, it's like, I don't want to, and I've been paid less in other places, in other situations. Because of who I was, not because of what I accomplished, I've accomplished more than most people in the positions that I've been, Yes. but I got paid less. And so I go, because of that, I don't need a framework. It's pretty simple. Yeah. And so to me here, what you're saying is, is basic, right? It's like, I should be able to, if a, if a white male comes into the municipality or a hospital and can offer their business and their services to that, to that business, to that organization, I should be able to do the same, Right.
1: Yeah. And and even in it's good to acknowledge that in twenty twenty two you should be able to walk in and offer the same services, but also know that another element of systematic racism or or just things ingrained the in the, 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 the issues being ingrained in the process, sometimes the requirements are oh you have to have experience in doing this. Well how am I gonna get experience? Because you've, I've never been hired to do this because you're saying I have to have experience. So you asked earlier about the policy and advocacy and what's more important. It's, and this is where the and comes in. So this is where we can push on the policies, the laws, um, and advocate for change, um, in, in, in things like this. We at Beckma are pushing around more data transparency, share the information on what you're doing, whether it's around uh, wage equity or it's around your spend, um, and let the data speak for itself, right? So the Federal Reserve found that the average net worth of Black Bostonian households is $8. Different groups are going to be able to do different things with that information, and that's because the data is available. and And so, we at Beckma we're advocating for transparency uh, uh, as as a key element of what's next.
2: No, I'll we'll also
1: share with you as you spoke about framework. Beckma's framework for closing the racial wealth gap in Massachusetts, is based on four things, since folks do like a framework and and it helps us to organize uh, the efforts that we're doing. Those four things are ownership. I'll go through each one. Ownership, placement, commerce, and entrepreneurship. All of those are enabled by data, capital, strategic partnerships, and policy and advocacy work. So start with entrepreneurship. We all know what that means. Yes, we have to spur more entrepreneurship. That is for sure here in Massachusetts. But as I said, we also have existing businesses that we need to support. How do we get them the support that they need to grow? Ownership. You indicated, and you were right to say, that home, the level of home ownership is a key driver in determining uh, net worth. And Massachusetts, in Massachusetts, black households, level of home ownership is lower. So that will be helpful to encourage and support more ownership. And Beckman, we can't help with mortgages, but we can connect uh, our members and others to mass housing and other organizations that that is exactly what they do or with our member um banks. But the other side of ownership is also business equity. For those businesses that were able to get COVID relief funding at all, a lot of it passed straight through to landlords. And we learned from that. And we know it's really important to help Black-owned businesses buy the businesses uh, that they've been renting when when it makes sense to do that. It might make sense to look at other ownership structures should this be, could this be a cooperative or employee stock ownership, uh, uh, model? Because you have so many small businesses, the majority of the 2000 Black owned businesses are, are micro or small. What about partnerships, joint ventures? That's another area that we're very much focused on. Another pillar, the third pillar is around placement. That's another two parter. The workforce. We can pound the table all we want, but we have to make sure that we have people from adults and high school age in the pipeline, getting the skills that they need to go into digital careers, life sciences, um, clean tech, and others. The other side of placement that we're focused on is about putting black people, actually black and brown people, in decision-making roles. On, on on boards, in management, and commissions. And once those people are placed, giving them the training to uh, support them in being successful in those roles. Because as you know, being on a board is not the same as a, your regular job. And being successful there is a whole different set of skills. And we want to make sure that they don't just get there, but that they do well. Right. The last area, the last pillar is commerce, and that is whether it's B2B or B2C, making sure that our businesses have drift and other tools, uh, have they, that they have the operational support, the right people, place or things, uh, making sure that they have access to funding uh, sources, whether it's loan financing, grants, venture. So that's our model um, for closing the racial wealth gap in Massachusetts.
0: No, that's that's um, absolutely very familiar with all those different challenges. I, I live with some of them every day, hiring and, and placing and training, and investing in students and scholarships. So uh really, really appreciate um, your dedication, right? And maybe if you can leave us with with some tips, um, I would say, like, for people that want to learn more about this, right? You said that you have allies coming and asking for help. What's the best advice? How can they find you? Um, What do you want to say uh, for people that want to raise their hand?
1: Oh, thank you. I say reach out to BECMA to learn more about the work that we're doing um, in those four pillars supported by those four enablers and i would also say that as you said don't wait um just do just try it try to be the change that you're looking for in your day-to-day life um in your community at your job um that that's what i would really say it's Absolutely. it's there there's no one way if you're looking for the the one answer and this is the way it's going to be uh, and 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 then you can act. I say no. Really, it depends on 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 you what you feel comfortable with doing, what makes sense for you. But do something towards being more inclusive, more fair, yeah. more aware, and that's that's a great start.
0: Yeah, I, absolutely. I echo Ditto hundred percent everything and that right and it's like and, and we shouldn't judge and we shouldn't you know uh question everybody's different intent and ability to help but we should just all get started and encourage everybody to get started. Doesn't matter how little it is, right? But 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 take action, not just say you're gonna be an ally, yeah. right? It's that's the key. Do something. Do something.
2: Uh, Do something. G-
0: GSD, get stuff done. <laughs>
2: yes. Yes.
0: Uh well, thank you very much, Nicole. Uh, it's been uh, great to hear. I feel like I sometimes interview more Latinos on the other side through my network and my connections and, and my familiarity with the issues. But uh, it's good to hear about what your organizations are doing for the Black community in Massachusetts, especially, right? It's like, um, thank you so much for what you do for, for, for them, for the businesses. And what I say, like, it's like the podcast, right, Is I feel like what we want to do is help people achieve their own version of their American dream, right? Yes. Which could be at home, it could be a business, it could be helping, it could be working at a nonprofit, it could be starting their own venture, right? So.
1: I love it. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for being a great uh, ally with Bethma. We really appreciate that and the work that you do, and I hope the rest of your day goes very well.
0: Thanks for listening to the American Dream Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe so you never miss when a new episode drops. If you like this episode, please leave a six-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you're interested in learning more about my American Dream mission, subscribe to my newsletter linked in the show notes.